self-preservation, and the zombie apocalypse, as well as controlled thinking versus the zombie-like mindless thinking we tend to find ourselves into. These are the topics we're going to discuss today on Addiction Zombie, Episode 2. I'm your big brother, Mike Esser. Let's get to it. Alright, so, self-preservation. I say that you pretty much got what it means, but just for uh, clarity's sake, the protection of oneself from harm or death is self-preservation. It is considered one of those basic instincts we all have as uh, a living being, animals, so on and so forth. Um, what self-preservation, and the reason why I bring it to you like this is because one, it ties in, you know, with the idea that these things in our lives are like zombies. These things in our lives are these mindless things that affect our, our livelihood, can harm or kill us, um, can cause us to live in fear, to run, to hide, to to not be able to, to just live a normal life because they are always out there. And so with self-preservation as a concept, what my mission is, is to get us to understand that anything and everything we do, we do because we've determined it to, determined it to be essential for our survival. Now, I'm not talking about the zombie apocalypse per se. When I say that, I'm saying every day, all day, every decision you make is because at some level you're perceiving that decision as essential to your self-preservation. And so understanding that sometimes those decisions that we make, those choices based off of the knowledge and experiences we've had could be based off of um, faulty information. It could be based off of limited information, um, and those experiences could have been um, uh, unhealthy. And so what good self-preservation does is it ensures that we have a satisfying and productive life because we're doing the things we need to do to survive um, and thrive, and so we in turn have these satisfaction. It also helps us to maintain what we already have, because if we are going to continue surviving the way we survive, we're going to continue to make decisions to maintain what we've already built up. So it allows us to, again, maintain, but also sets us up for growth, sets us up to develop in a lot of ways that are going to be in place for us to meet future challenges and stay on track. And so the idea here of self-preservation is a lot deeper than just being able to survive an attack from a zombie or, you know, um, some sort of other life or death situation that you find yourself in. Um, but it's at the root of it all. And so for me, when I think about self-preservation and I think about the decisions we make in the life that we have, I feel like if you give an honest, healthy adult enough time with enough information, they're going to make the best decisions for their life. Okay, let me say it again. A healthy adult who's an honest with themselves and those around them um, individual, if you give them enough time with enough information, you let them get all the facts, all the details, and you let them process that in their own time, I may be a little quicker, I may be a little slower, but you give me enough time with enough information and I'm going to make the best decision for my life. And so my mission then knowing this is that I have to be honest, I have to be healthy, I need to gather information and I need to spend an appropriate amount of time for my thought process with that information for me to make the best decisions for my life. You know, so the keys here again, honesty, healthy, more informed over time. And that's what we do. And that's what we do with natural uh, progression. But it's also what we're going to be doing and focusing on as we move forward here. And that is that we are going to need to uh, become a little more self-aware. 
we're going to need to understand that the decisions we do make affect us. And some of those decisions could very much so be life or death. You know, if you're a diabetic and you're going to go off and pound a pound of cheesecake, there may be a problem. If you're a, you're a heroin addict and, and you're going to go off and, um, and get yourself high, there's a problem. People are overdosing all the time. People are losing their lives all the time from all sorts of things, drinking and driving, you know, um, the, the depression that we, we get when, uh, you know, we are rejected in life. We fail at something, um, that we've obsessed over, you know, and so it's, it's in all of these areas that we've come here to talk about that it does apply to, um, and so this philosophy of self-aware, honest growth is one that we do want to become very familiar as we work through this kind of a program or just as we live life. It's just a healthy skill. Um, you know, you should want to thrive. You should want to survive. The idea here is that uh, there's this thing called Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and it describes the basic needs of all humans. Um, and, and in this pyramid, um, the basic bottom level of that pyramid is basic things like food and water. Um, as you go up the pyramid, the need for security and shelter, community, the need for healthy relationships, uh, the need for a good, healthy self-esteem. Um, and then at the peak of that pyramid is, is a, a need to grow and to explore ourselves, you know, for our own edification, for our own improvement. You know, the idea that we are a, a being that's very communal. Um, we do know that those basic things that we need to have are, are what needs to be in place, you know. So if we don't have food or water, well, then that's our mission. Once we got food and water handled, our shelter and our community, um, once those things are handled, um, the idea that we form and strengthen our relationships around us, um, with ourselves, our self-esteem, uh, we need to be able to look in the mirror and be okay with ourselves. You know, I really think we should love ourselves. We should look in the mirror and go, man, you are a good looking individual. You are a happy individual. You're a successful individual. You're a well-liked individual. And even if we're not really feeling those things, we need to say those things out loud to ourselves until we start to believe it. Because it's in all of those foundational things that we then set ourselves up to have everything we need to be able to get out in the world and do new things. And now when we have these zombies in our lives that are affecting us, these things that have taken us down, they're affecting our ability to uh, provide ourselves with food and water and shelter. You know, they, they affect our relationships. They affect our self-esteem. They limit our time spent out there exploring and, and growing and, and doing something for ourselves. So it's really a need to understand that I need to do what I got to do to survive, but I also need to understand that it's in all of these elements that I could be um, focusing on that will allow me to, just like eating, sleep, and exercise and learning and appreciating, it's, it's in those same vein of those things that we've got these basic building blocks that we can start to put energy into or focus into. And the more we focus on those things, the more everything starts to work out. The more things um, that we uh, do when it's related to those topics and those areas, the, the less time we have to be off doing something else. Our focus is put on a healthy area and off of an unhealthy area. But it's easier said than done, and that's why we have all of this that we're going to be talking about over the several weeks that we're going to be doing this. Um, but in the meantime, it's in this honest growth that we then choose healthy pro-social options versus dangerous and illegal antisocial choices that may have been the things that brought us here. Throughout this, this uh, podcast and this podcast series, um, we're going to be giving you plenty of information, like I said, and plenty of time to come to your own best conclusion. Um, the mission here is that um, I can't tell you how to live your life, and nobody else can do that either. You 
have got to come to your own conclusions as to what it is that's important to you and what it is essential to you and how you live your life and the decisions you make for your survival. Because my choices are going to be different than yours and yours are going to be different than mine as they are going to be with everyone else that we run into. Those things are going to be individualized. And and so it's not going to necessarily be an easy road. There will be some struggle moving forward. But know that when you're honest with yourself, you have desire to survive, to self-persevere, that there's nothing I feel that's going to cross your path that you won't be able to stand up to. Now, the first time you stand up to it's going to be very, very, very difficult. But the second time will get a little easier. The third time will get a little easier. Um, Maybe only minimally easier. But the idea is that you stick to your mission at hand. And them zombies are going to become things that you're more familiar with taking care of. You're more uh, used to taking care of. You know, the first time, if you imagine yourself, you know, out there in the in a zombie apocalypse like we see in the movies or on TV, the first time you had to stab one in the head or whatever it is, the idea that that would probably be pretty traumatic because you know that used to be a human. But the idea that 50 of them down the road, it's pretty much just a uh, a chore for survival. And so that's kind of the concept and in the, in the, in a metaphor for this thing. The more we do it, the more frequently we do it, the more consistently we do it, the easier it will become. And what that also does is it puts time between us actively engaging with these things, um, actively being surrounded by these things, and it gives us more time um, away from these things. And that's where we can grow and become stronger because it's not always a constant fight like it will be at first. It'll, it'll be something that we can grow on, something that we can see um, and reflect back on uh, the battles that we've had um, as they become uh, more spaced out, you know, ideally. So that's what leads me into talking about controlled thinking versus mindless zombie-like thinking because the root of what we believe to be um, essential for our survival is something that didn't necessarily come about because we um, just felt like it one day. The idea here is that we do what we do based on the different situations and experiences we've had in our life Um, and how we challenge ourselves is to make the best possible choices moving forward from here but understanding that when we go back and we look at how we've lived life we can understand that there are there have been thousands tens of thousands millions of uh, decisions that we've made in our lives that have built the way we think about things that have developed the way we see the world, our beliefs. Um, and it's in these events that, uh, started as a baby, you know, you're born with only so many emotions. Um, and the idea that, um, hunger is something that, you experience but have no way of solving it as a baby has you cry and when you cry your mother caregiver gives you a bottle and that problem gets solved so in your mind you have this event i'm hungry uh this action that you take okay i cried And then this resolution, okay, they gave me a bottle that worked. Now I'm not hungry anymore. So it goes into your automatic thinking, you know. And so as you grow up, you're able to walk around and you see a hot stove. Uh, You see a glowing red stove and you don't know what hot is. You don't know what's going on. You just see something glowing and it attracts you to it. So you go over to that stove and you get close enough to it to where you feel the heat and you're like, ooh, I don't like that heat. 
And so that registers in your mind, okay, glowy, hot stuff, not good. And we put that into our automatic thinking database. Now, the next time we run across something that's glowing and hot, we know we're not going to want to touch it because we don't like it. Fast forward. And, and, and one that I, I use when I talk to those in substance abuse um, is imagine yourself as a teenager. You're invited to your first party. You go to that party and there's some drinking. There's some some people there that you're attracted to. And you're going to have a couple drinks. So you have a couple drinks. You meet somebody that you like. Everything is awesome. You wake up the next day, no hangover, just this great experience in your mind. Automatically having a couple drinks, going to parties is awesome. Flirting is awesome. And so that becomes part of your automatic thinking. Well, the next weekend you're invited back to another party. And you're like, oh yeah, I love parties. Everything in my database says thumbs up. So you go to the next party. Well, now you're there. You're like, hey, if, if you know, two or three drinks was awesome, well, six or eight drinks will be even better. And if this party went from a pretty cool party to a real turned up party, that would be even better too. And ooh, if I don't just flirt, if I really try to get myself uh, out there and, and attract as many or that one special one that I met last week, maybe things can go further than they went. So you turn it up, you drink too much, you get too wild, you get too aggressive, you wake up the next day with a hangover. And the memory of how everybody was turned off and disgusted by uh, how aggressive um, you were. And so that goes into your memory box as something that, you know, isn't good. Well, fast forward another week. You got some good friends. They're willing to give you another shot. So now you go into this party and you're getting ready and you're like, okay, well, first week moderation was really cool and I had a good time. The second week, too much was too much, and it really had me rejected. Well, I'm going to go in here, and I'm going to find uh, a happy medium, um, probably more like my first week than I did my last week um, with this party. And so you go in, and you may have a couple. You know, that person that you like now isn't disgusted by you because they see you're acting normal. Um, everybody at the party sees that you're not going overboard and being aggressive. So they're, they're cool with you again. You wake up the next day, don't hang over. So you're, you're good. You know, the whole physical side of it is, is okay as well, um, compared to the week before. And so now in your mind, you then that gets strengthened that, you know, that's not something that, uh, I want to do. I don't want to go overboard for the most part, but Fast forward a couple months, couple years, <clears throat> and life happens, and you remember the pleasure. Your mind and your automatic thinking remembers the pleasure of being able to have a couple of drinks and to feel good and to have that be something that um, you were successful at, at doing, and your girlfriend breaks up with you, your boyfriend breaks up with you, your you know, you're, you're in need of some sort of enjoyment or some sort of, of self-medication, some sort of uh, pick-me-up. So you decide to have a couple of drinks to kind of make yourself feel good again. Well, maybe those couple of drinks didn't let you forget enough, so you could try a couple more and a couple more and a couple more. Well, maybe it works. So that gets strengthened in your mind that whenever I got a stress or a struggle, then this is something that I can do to make myself feel better. If you overdo it, you regret it, but it still served its purpose. The idea of substances and the way they work with our bodies and our brains is that we will tend to check common sense because we want instant gratification. We want the, that satisfaction now versus uh, tomorrow having to deal with this. Um, and we have no problem checking that off and going, well, I'm going to feel better today and I'll deal with the consequences tomorrow. Um, and that's something that we do regularly, whether we're on a diet, whether we're exercising, whether we're uh, shopping or gambling. We want those things now and we'll deal with the consequences later. 
unprotected sex, things like that. We want it now, we'll deal with consequences later. And, and it's in that kind of overriding of our logic that we run into a lot of problems. Um, because we do this over and over again. Like I said, everything we've ever learned to do ran through this process. Uh, going up to a door, twisting the handle and pushing and it didn't open. Our mind goes, oh, that's not the way you do it. And then we twist the handle and we pull and it opens. And now our mind registers, okay, that's how we do it. Literally all day, every day, you're running yourself through these processes where you are presented with an event, you make a decision, and it either is a successful or a failure, good or bad, makes you feel good or sad, or turns off a sadness, um, and those things just continually get compiled and piled up. Well, now enough of these thoughts, enough of these situations, and that's us that's our beliefs that's the way we make decisions because of all these little tweaks and all these little uh, events that have had us develop um our best case scenarios our worst case scenarios our our ability to gauge whether or not we should or shouldn't do something is based off of the tons of events related at least in our minds connections to events similar and that's where we make our best hypothesis or guess at what's going to happen when we go through this situation or that situation. Well, because these things become automatic thoughts, that that's where the mindless zombie type thinking comes in. So we just live our lives and these kind of things, we just kind of do it. So if it's an addiction, the idea that we found some sort of pleasure or we turned off some sort of pain with this thing that we're addicted to, it it's now something that we don't even think about because our mind has made enough of a connection to it that when we run into a situation that, 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 that that's the simple solution for or the easy way out, our brain automatically just takes us there. And if we're not conscious of it, we just go with the flow. You know, the idea that we find ourselves in this autopilot, mindless zombie style, style thinking is something that happens more regularly than we even know. It happens to people without addictions. You know, the idea that, that a lot of people just are mindless in getting up, going to work, taking the same route, getting to work, doing the same thing, having the same lunch or going to the same place for lunch, getting off work, driving the same way home, coming home, doing the same thing with your dog, with your dinner, with your food, uh, with your family, with your watching your TV, going to bed, you know, this mindless routine that we get ourselves in, it really has just months pass by before we realize what's going on. And a lot of people that had these hopes and dreams before all this find themselves five years later kind of shaking off the cobwebs because they saw somebody who they felt relatively comparable to uh, five years ago now succeeding um, or now failing and it's caused uh, this uh, catalyst for them to you know to assess themselves and then it's in that thinking that sometimes we're able to snap out of or there's some sort of event that happens uh, a relationship breaks up a legal charge uh, some sort of a, a doctor telling us some diagnosis um, an empty bank account and homelessness because of whatever we've been doing. Um, there's all sorts of things that can get us to wake up from this mindless thinking. But the fact that we're here and we're listening to this right now, that's telling me that, that you've already had some sort of thought. You In, in, in the stages of change, they talk about pre-contemplation where you don't even know you got a problem. Contemplation, you're like, well, I might have a problem. To preparation where you're starting to go, well, how am I going to fix this? What are some ways I can fix this to action? Like, okay, well, I found a few things and now I'm doing them. And, and in action, you stay for a long time while you iron out the ups and downs. May have some relapse that takes you back into preparing, you know, an alternative or some other coping skills, but it still takes you back to back into action. And then once you've been in action long enough and, and all of the signs of those things that you're working to change are no longer present, you move into maintenance. And it's in that maintenance that you then live the rest of your life um, as it presents itself. Another thing that you were pre-contemplative about 
that you then think about, that you then plan about, fix about, and maintain about. And it's a cycle with everything that we do as well that we go through that kind of a process that allows us to then make these changes. But if we don't get to a place to where we can actually manage our thinking, we just continue to fall into the same hole. So what we need to do is we need to, basically we need to be able to take the way we think about things and we need to be able to do a little more with it. Um, the idea that we can draw out a little map where we're presented with a situation, you know, and that bubble leads us off to um, what are we going to do about it? And that bubble leads us off to, uh, well, if we go one way and it leads us to something positive, that's good. If we go another way, it leads us to something negative, and that's not good. But we can at least think of these scenarios. So if you were to think of yourself being somebody who needed to start to focus on the decision-making because you need to take control of this thing in your life, this addiction that's brought you here listening to me, you know, you want to control this thing. Well, let's say the next time you're, you have a craving or an urge, uh, cravings are normal. Cravings, we feel things, we think about things, we want them. We kind of are like, man, this sounds like it would be a good thing. I want to go get a bag of chips, okay? I really would like some chips. And I'm thinking about going to get them. Well, the urge is when I'm in the car on my way to the store to go get the dang chips. Um, and you can translate into anything you want. Um, you know, I can I can have a craving for a beer. Um, and, and until I'm in the car on my way to go get the beer, that's an urge. Um, so when we have these cravings start to happen, um, or these situations that we're presented with that go against our goal for what we want to do with our addiction... We need to be able to, uh, I like to say time travel. We need to be able to imagine ourselves going through the scenario, doing what we would normally do, and ending up how we would normally end up. Um, I think the most powerful one to think about would be, let's say it was something illegal. Let's say it was like uh, uh, drugs. And so you're in a place, you're with some people, or you're doing something that has you wanting to get high so imagine yourself going off and buying some drugs while you're off to get those drugs you get arrested you imagine the handcuffs getting in the back of the car getting to the station being booked mug shots the door the, the cells slamming um the hard bed you know the lack of a pillow um you know all the other offenders around you having to go before the judge orange suits pink suits whatever they are getting out having probation having fines fees drug tests um hopefully still having a job the stigma of it all with all the family and friends uh this record that you now have um and, and all of this chaos that ensues as much detail as you can muster up and in that scenario one that's worst case scenario well let's say now we we time travel ourselves now for one we haven't even moved we literally thought hey i want to go get high and we ran ourselves without even taking a step through that whole scenario that's that's the worst it could go um the best it could go would be um, I decide to go for a walk. I decide to cook some dinner, clean up my room. I decide to do something different. Call a friend is probably the best and say, man, I'm really thinking about getting high and I don't want to get high. So you want to go to a meeting? You want to come over? You want to talk? You want to go for a hike? You want to, you know, go to the grocery store? What do you want to do? Um, you know, and exposing those thoughts and feelings and having that then find support um or just yourself getting up and going somewhere um healthy um the gym you know to a family member's house friend's house so on and so forth that's a clean friend um and and so 
you best case you get over the craving or urge if it's gone that far and you find yourself um still at home or uh, at the end of a night with a good friend returning to your home free without stigma charge jail handcuffs uh, fines fees court cases and you find yourself free happy and um working towards your goal and so best case scenario you don't go off you don't use you don't do anything you reach out healthy you engage your healthy side and you stick to your goal worst case you go out there and find yourself uh, in that mess um, and I think in life in general if we can find uh, and take ourselves through these scenarios regularly what's the best that can happen what's the worst can happen and we accept both of those things as possibilities we can decide as a healthy honest human being with goals who is spending their time bettering themselves um, spending their time building themselves and their worlds who is investing all of this into themselves we're going to find that the best case worst case just by presenting ourselves with those things by going through that process and not mindlessly making a decision all of those healthy things we're doing are going to be strengthening our reason strengthening our mission as we move forward because it's in all of that investing that we have evidence that we're worth more and that what we're doing is of value and we're not typically going to choose the worst case scenario because one we don't want it but two all these other elements have started to take place in our life and that's why it's important to understand eating sleeping exercising uh, learning something new um, having appreciation and showing appreciation the understanding of you know the hierarchy of needs that we need our basic necessities but we need good relationships we need good self-esteem and we need something to focus on for growth and exploration you know you need a hobby you need to be able to find something in your life that you really want to do or that you really enjoy and if you have those things in your life well then it's there's all this reason to not choose the worst case scenario even though we know that your logic will be overridden by certain things um, and you want instant gratification now and we'll deal with it tomorrow it's in this process and with all of that um, supporting processes that we find ourselves strong enough and like I said the first time is going to be hard that zombies coming zombies coming hard but the idea that you continue to stay on that path is going to find you um, hardening your resolve you will you'll find yourself um, sticking to your guns a little bit better a little bit easier as times go on and the idea that you have this process now in place that allows you to kind of run yourself through the scenarios um, and an understanding of how that works a lot of us naturally would do that but I think by putting a focus on it it doesn't get discounted as something because it doesn't feel like much at first or from the outside of running ourselves through that process of where this could lead to um, and it's not limited just like I said we've learned how to do everything we've ever learned by running ourselves through this process but without consciously running ourselves through this process um, for the most part and I think now by having this be something we can use all things in our life can be ran through this time traveling type of a of, of process and, and these scenarios and and I think it's in that that we find ourselves in a place where we very much so understand that our thoughts lead to action and that action leads to feelings and no matter where you start in that process or in that cycle it's going to be something that you will have a better control of the idea that if I at least can start to control my thoughts 
it's going to allow me to then decide whether or not I should act one way or another. So it's controlling my actions. Now, based on the way I controlled my actions, if it was good or bad, it's going to it's going to control the way I'm feeling. And so, if the way way I'm feeling is good or bad, it's going to make me think good or it's going to make me think bad. So you see that cycle; it's a never-ending cycle. But at the same time, I could not even be thinking about it. But I decided to just act right. Well, that acting right was going to make me feel good that I acted right, which is going to make me think good that I act right, which then is going to make me think that about acting right more. Um, and, and the same thing with the idea that if we're feeling good, we're eating right, we're sleeping right, we're exercising right, we're learning new stuff, we're sharing our appreciation with the world around us, if we just feel good, separate from everything else, we just feel good, it's going to make us think right. And that thinking right is going to lead us to wanting to continue to do right, which is going to have us acting right. So while those three things you know, all lead to each other, it really doesn't matter where you come in with them. If you, if the thinking, the acting, and the feeling, no matter where you come in with them, they're going to be things that you can um, take hold of and you can do things to influence. Um, and, and in all of those things, you run yourself through the scenarios of where my thoughts could take me, where my action could take me, where my feelings could take me, best case, worst case, and it's in that that we find ourselves, again, moving from mindless zombie style thinking into this more controlled style thinking. And at first it's going to be, you know, that, all right, so I got to spend all this attention thinking about my decisions. Um, but it's not going to be forever. Uh, I mean, it is, but it's not going to be this, this uh process that you don't have to pull out regularly because there is some good to having um automatic thoughts you know one is survival um you don't need enough time to think that if a, a mountain lion's coming at you that you need to you know get out of the way you need to just know that right away or if somebody throws a punch at you or if a car's coming for you or you know these kind of things you need that instinctive response that there's no thought put into to to survive and so that's good the idea that you're driving down the road and you've had experience driving down the road and, you know, an, an accident is about to take place in front of you, your ability to automatically hit the brakes without thinking about it too much is going to save your life and other people's lives. So it is good when these things do get to a place when they're healthy. It's when they're unhealthy that we are adjusting um, and it gives us an opportunity to adjust. If everything was all just peachy keen, we wouldn't know to adjust, and we would just move forward in this make-believe world that nobody ever existed in anyway. But the idea that it's in these kind of processes and running ourselves through them that we get to a place to where these things will be internalized. They will be things that we are able to um, pull on with less effort but we'll be there in case we need to go through that process because it's a got a new element or a new experience or there's some new dynamic that we haven't already processed before and we need to be able to um, to do this um, again and so we'll have this practiced in our system so that we can um, pull on it for for growth or success or good decision making down the road but it's not going to be something that again that we have to do um forever um as far as running ourselves running everything we do through it which is what i suggest is like everything you need to do for the for the time being run it through um even you know uh, do i wear the black socks or the white socks do i order the cheese or no cheese do i you know, go left or right. I want you to think about the scenario and how it plays out and what it means to you just so that you kind of get the gist of shaking the cobwebs and shaking that autopilot loose um, moving forward um, so that we can pull on that skill, that, that practiced exercise skill when it comes to this addiction that we're working on um, because that's where we really want that strength. Um, but by using it in all things, it becomes a comfortable thing that when we get to that kind of a need for it, um, it's practiced, um, you know. And so in life, as we've gone through these things, 
um, these ups and downs, um, you know, the things in our life that help us feel good, that have us doing better, um, are all the kind of things that we want to continue to use to build our character, um, to form healthier beliefs, to strengthen um, or weaken the choices we've made in the past. And so the idea that we come to this uh, need to be able to stop this cycle is key. And so just generically, um, I want to kind of run through, um, you know, how to stop the cycle beyond what we've discussed. Okay, so when we need uh, to train ourselves, um, we need to think about that slowdown. Um, and I even would think of a stop sign. When you're about to make decision or having to make decision that your conscious mind goes, ooh, this sounds like something that might be going against our goal. Literally think of a stop sign and literally say out loud to yourself the word stop if you need to. You can whisper to yourself or you can say it out loud and somebody might look at you like you're crazy, but it, who cares? It's getting you to stop what you're doing um, so that you can gain better control of the way you're thinking. Um, you know, practicing, practicing putting yourself in a variety of different situations, imagine the different outcomes like I've talked about is key. That mental time traveling, playing the tape through in your head with as much vivid detail as possible is key. Um, you know, the idea of thinking about making the different and better choices, having those scenarios play out is key. Um, running yourself through both those scenarios and then making your personal choice as to what you want to do next. Um, is how we go about using it. Um, knowing that we can do this with anything and everything in our lives. Um, from high risk situations to everyday decisions, you know, um, the, the practice plays out in both. Um, again, some of us have a pretty good grasp on this process. Some of us just need a little refresher or, or need to focus on it like a muscle um, so that as we use it, that muscle grows and it grows stronger every time we use it. Understanding that every new event that we have in our life changes uh, our character. Um, every, it changes the way we believe about things, we understand about things. Um, and, and so in time this process, this changing, um, all of these things will be adapted. Um, and if we've used this more of a controlled way of thinking about it, it'll all be adapted in a way that becomes part of our reasoning process. Um, and a comfortable part of our reasoning process is really a kiss what I'm trying to get at. And so how do we get, now that we understand that self-preservation is the core of our survival and every decision we make is, is something we've deemed uh, crucial to our survival, um, and that's not just physical, that's emotional. Like, I'm not going to survive this night after this breakup um, unless I have some comfort and whether that comfort is alcohol or drugs or food or gambling or thrill-seeking, the idea that we need something um, is going to become uh, something that we need to work on. Um, we need to have an alternative so that we don't just go down that road. We need to have coping skills in place to be able to adjust and adapt from there. Um, and that's things that um, we do to redirect ourselves, like calling a friend, like do, you know, using our body, getting some exercise in, getting some chores done, cleaning up uh, some to-do off of our list, and redirecting ourselves, delaying those things, um, telling ourselves to stop so that we can run ourselves through the scenarios and make the best choice for ourselves. Um, and even if we're having to do that several times a day, which most likely we will be, um, it becomes more of a process that we practice. But 
Now, our future, and as we're growing, we're going to need to have more tools in place as well. So now we, we've understand, again, what we have to do and why we need to focus on our survival um, and our self-preservation. We understand how we've developed our way of thinking and how to, how to start to control our way of thinking. Um, it's really putting in some foundation for us to take back control over these addictions in our lives, um, take back control over the situation in the lands landscape that these little zombies um, have been free to roam in. Um, but I want to take it a step further, and I want to talk about growth. So once we have these things in place and we have these understandings in place, and you'll be hearing me talk about these concepts as we move forward, as they uh, engage the the next steps. Um, or the, how they fit in with the next steps. Um, I want you to also want you to think about um, how you're going to accomplish these things. We've recognized them. We've got an ability to to put a mechanism in place to to think differently about them, to make a different choice than what we normally would. But I also want to see you um, really look at your current situation. I want you to be able to set some goals. Um, I want you to believe those goals are possible. And then I want you to be able to do it. And so I was looking at a TED Talk a couple years ago, and I've probably watched it a few times since then. But the mission here and in my workbook that you'll find online um, through the uh, wordpress.com slash addiction zombie podcast or not podcast excuse me the uh, the blog there's a link to the workbook that has this little dialogue or this little uh, diagram this little work page the whole book's a workbook but all of the things I'm talking about are lined up in there um, and so but what I want you to be able to do for free I want you to be able to take a piece of paper and I want you to draw two big squares right next to each other and in the first square, I want you to understand that, um, uh, you know, you're responsible for your thoughts, your beliefs, your actions. And so in this first box, I want you to include as much detail about yourself as you can. You know, your family, your job, your hobbies, etc. That's your current state of where you are right now with life and your addiction and your family and your friends your necessities, all that. I want you to draw that all in there. Words, pictures, whatever you're most comfortable with, whatever seems to uh, be best engaging for you um, in, in the way that you think. Um, now in the second box, I want you to draw your ideal or your goal reality. So the first box is your current state, your current reality, and in the second box is your ideal reality. So, you know, uh, what are those upgrades for your family, for your job? What's that new job? What's the new upgrades in your hobbies, your health, your money, your everything, your, your home? Um, all the things that you feel are your ideal reality, your goal reality. Um, and make it as detailed as possible. So one piece of paper, I would turn it landscape sideways, split it in half. One half of that page is your current reality and all that detail. And then the second side uh, to the right is your goal reality and all the upgrades you would make to your life and all the successes that you would have in your life. And I want all the detail I can is, it, on both sides. Okay. So when we look at this completed, what we're seeing is a before and after roadmap for our lives this is what you have now and this is where you want to be and so it's in that kind of an exercise that's built on understanding your survival understanding that self-preservation understanding the way that you do things and the way that you do them the idea here now of imagining this current place and where you want to be this ideal place um, is going to take a couple of things. 
all right one you're going to need to be able to see the possibility you got to really see the possibility of you going from that box on the left current state to that box on the right ideal state you have to see that it's possible in some magical way it's possible uh, maybe some realistic way it's possible you you can see that possibility once you understand that possibility and that there is a there is a chance that I could get these things in my life um, you need to start to believe that possibility you need to be able to believe you know what if it's possible and I've got this things that I've got to do these things that I've got to do I've just got to do this thing that will lead me to this thing that will lead me to this thing then it is possible to make this happen well guess what other people have done it other people have come from where you are or worse and gotten to that ideal place that you've drawn out for yourself described for yourself so you need to be able to believe that the possibility that you've seen is true is possible and you need to ask yourself so what do I need to do to reach that goal reality and you may need to ask yourself this several times over several days or weeks or months or whatever it is um, because at different states you're going to be able to come up with different answers you know depending on how your day was or what information you've gathered what information you've processed you know all that those things that you've ran through the system that we've talked about um, are going to change the way you're going to answer that question and so seeing your current state seeing a possibility of getting to that ideal state believing that you know what there is something I can do to get to that state or some version of that state until I get to be up upgrading that version to this actual state that I want to get to knowing that there's a process here but even just asking yourself what do I need to do to reach that reality that goal reality that ideal reality and then you need to act on that answer you are brilliant you are the master of your reality and the idea that you were able to see where you're at now see where you'd like to go and then ask yourself the you know what do I need to do to get there your brain started giving you answers your, your, your intelligent brain started to give you answers that said to you well we need to eat better sleep better exercise more we need to start to learn more about business or our career or ourselves or our hobby or our trade we need to learn more about our relationships we need to put more effort into those things we need to um, you know save plan invest we need to do learn how to do all of those things that would then get us to from here to there and your brain gave you a lot of those answers and you should quickly be jotting those things down on that piece of paper right next to each of those things and and how you would get to that thing that you want and then act on it you know remember doubt is a killer of dreams no doubt no doubting even if at first you start to doubt you go off and you do homework and research and you gather information to where you can show yourself and, and, and prove to yourself that people have done this if it's a matter of you getting a degree or you losing some weight or you getting a better job or you strengthening your marriage or whatever it is the idea that that people have been able to do that in the past once you get that evidence you'll be able to believe a little bit more that it's possible and while you're doing this while you're moving forward with this you're basically developing a, a roadmap a blueprint for you to get there um, and I even would suggest if you look for role models and in those different areas that you identify with um, and then discover and, and research how they got to where they are to where they got to the place that you want to be um, and, and look at how they did it 
and then adapt their roadmap to your roadmap. If I wanted to be an Olympic swimmer, I'm going to look at Olympic swimmers. If I'm going to want to be a, a successful in real estate, I'm going to look at successful real estate agents. If I'm going to be or moguls, or if I want to be good and you know in the, in the you know uh, excellent in the music industry, I'm going to look at people who have come from nothing and, and grown into the music industry. It's in all of that that we um, we can use some of those things to strengthen. Um, the reality, strengthen the possibilities in our mind that we could actually achieve these things. So believing that we can do these things um, and then just doing them at some level. Researching them is, is doing it. Um, taking a step out and making a phone call is doing it. Um, signing up for school or the gym is doing it. Buying some vegetables and telling your loved ones you love them is doing it. Um, you know, starting to look at homes and, and businesses and, you know, uh, vacations and promotions, um, that's doing it. And then putting a plan in place um, becomes something that is more realistic. Um, and, and that's the mission is, is we need to be able to understand how crucial it is that anything and everything we do, good or bad, affects our ability to survive and the quality in which we survive the idea that we are able to take ourselves through our thoughts from the best case to the worst case scenarios and choose which path to take as an adult we have the ability to choose whichever way we want to go that's on us we're also as adult responsible for um any any fallout from that or any success from that um and and so knowing that that's how we do what we do and knowing that every day all day we're learning things that adjust who we are and the way we think means our mission is to run good things through that strengthening things through that process because all it does is just add it adds to us in this healthy strengthening type of way and then it's in this last part of of this podcast or this episode that we we really take a hard look at our current state we really take a, a, a very imaginative and detailed look at our uh, ideal state um, our dream goal reality and we, we we start to see it as a possibility we start to believe it's a possibility um, we ask ourselves what do I need to do to get to that reality and we do it we start taking steps towards doing it. Remembering that doubt is the killer of dreams. We do not need doubt in our life. We can do it. Might not do it as fast as you will do it. Might do it faster than you're going to do it. But we can do it. All right? That's it for this one. I will get back to you guys next week with episode three. We are going to be stepping into the next area of active sharing, active listening. We'll kind of get into some more of, of why that's important. But, um, you know, what's one way your automatic thoughts have caused you problems? You know? At the same time, how you been? It's the best thing that happened this past week the biggest struggle you've had this past week what's your plans for this upcoming week what's something you learned this week who's somebody in your life that deserves appreciation and deserves you telling them you showing them your appreciation how you eating how you sleeping how you exercising Make sure you're getting at least them six hours. Make sure you're getting them good meals, protein, slow digesting carbs, you know, some good fat. Make sure you're moving your body 10, 20 minutes a day. Get your heart rate, your breathing heavy, up. It's in all those things. All right. Your big brother Mike out. Have a good one.
Hey, you made it this far. Right on. Well, thanks for listening. I want to give you some ways of reaching out and engaging with me beyond the podcast itself. Even though it originated from anchor.fm slash addiction zombie, you may have got it through Spotify or Google or a few other places that it's also uploaded to. Um, I want you to be able to reach out to me on Instagram, which is addiction zombie. And you can get me um, my blog, but also links to the workbook that goes along with this podcast, um, which is called Addiction Zombie, the Undead Addiction Workbook. And that is available on Amazon, but through the WordPress website, uh, you can get the link directly to it. At the same time, my blog has got all kinds of other zombie-related news and fun stuff there as well. Um, I do have a a trilogy that I wrote called Undead Weapons that um, you'll notice on this channel also has its own podcasts that uh, are being uploaded as I do them uh, in episode format. And that is me reading the books themselves um, in little two, three chapter segments. It's all there. It's all me. It's your big bro, Mike. Hope you're well. Be good. I'm out.